Hello and welcome to the SDA Podcast. I'm your host this week, Alex Smith. And to start the show off, we're going to go to news with Yanni Kruvi. What's up, guys? It's Yanni from the SDA Podcast. Um, just a few announcements. Today was the last day to vote for student body elections. We had a lot of candidates and some of them lost, but we don't know the results yet. So we'll know soon. Next week is break, uh, so don't show up to school or you'll be sad about that. Uh, also, something about school. Tomorrow is not a late start day, so do not come to school at 9.30 or you will be stupid. Have fun getting burritos. Community Day is coming up soon. That's on February 26th. If you, are on, if you are a facilitator, you have a homeroom meeting in theater on January 13th with all the other facilitators. Just um, And a few days after that, you have training on February 19th. That is the whole school day. You miss all your classes, but you're also learning about some hard stuff. So if you need to be there, be there. If you don't, you didn't have to listen to that. Peace out. Stay funky. Thanks for that, Yanni. Now we're going to move on to politics with Riley Murphy and Neil Wilcoxon. Hi, I'm Riley Murphy, and I'm here with Neil Wilcoxon. Hey, that's me. And today we're going to be talking about a libertarian position on Social Security. So, Neil, can you tell me a little bit of something about Social Security in general? So um, Social Security in general is this idea that um, elderly people, um, older people, not just them, but anyone that can't actually work to support themselves um, should be taken care of, basically given a full ride by the government. And so one of the big problems that libertarians have with Social Security is that essentially what you're doing is that the way this is afforded by the government is that every single person who pays their taxes, a fairly large chunk of that tax is taken and put towards Social Security. Now, what that means is that it's not money that the person themselves could be spending on things that they wanted to spend. For example, if they wanted to invest that money. So, Neil, what, what do you think would be a proper way for people to rather invest that money? Um, so, as, as a person who um, works and makes money, it is rather frustrating to see other people basically take money from you and end up using it um, for themselves. And it's really only the government that could force that to happen. And so in terms of investment, I mean, it doesn't have to be the um, typical sense that you think of, like, investing in companies, but it could really be investing in yourself. I mean, this is primarily concerning um, for, you know, people, people who are think of like the upper class of society, but that's not entirely true. As even as a person who is a high school student, if you hold a part-time job, you still have to contribute to that sort, sort of social security fund by the federal government. And so that could affect your investment in your future in terms of being able to pay for college or um, you know, getting a car or in the future getting a house. That could stand in the way of that, having that government taken out of your paycheck. And so just the statistics really quickly. According to the source, 
from actually the Libertarian Party website, which, take it with a grain of salt, of course, is that 12.4% of the income is taken to the Social Security system. And for a, an American earning the median income of $31,695 per year, that if that person were to invest that amount, the amount that 12.4% that they're given every year, they would be able to almost quadruple the amount of money that they would have for their retirement than they would have if they were to function through the social security system. So do you think that points to a, a failed system? Well, uh, definitely. The system has definitely grown to be taken advantage of. I mean, no one would really disagree with um, people who aren't capable of supporting themselves being supported by um, the government or somebody else. I mean, if somebody is really physically incapable of working, nobody would want to argue with making that person uh, go into poverty and not have food to eat. But it's definitely grown into something where people have less motivation to actually get on their feet and work. So they may end up claiming that they have these disabilities that they might not actually have. And so people game the system in order to take the money. So that would make it so that people who make the claim that Social Security is just a way that the government is basically just investing for you, and that makes it so that you're making two claims, that one, they're investing it terribly, and that two, they're making it so that it turns into a, a game of lying over a game of fiscal understanding and a, an understanding of just basic investment, correct? Yeah, so it's it's really um, goes with this idea that most libertarians believe is that whenever the government does something, there's not really any competition behind it. So if there were a um, say like some kind of insurance company that um, were to do a similar system to the um, s social welfare kind of system, there would um, in theory be a bit of competition. And where the uh, people from that are uh, pay paying for their own life and um, making their income, um, where they would have invested that money, this, um, this insurance company that could potentially be combined with other things um, could use that money and say, invest it on behalf of those people. And it could really benefit everybody in that system. Whereas with the government, it's simply just um, taking money from hardworking Americans and redistributing some of it, which goes to people who are um, disabled or you know, old and in need of the money. But um, a rather alarming percentage of that ends up going to people who are just taking advantage of the system. And I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to be able to blame them because what they are doing it isn't exactly illegal in a sense. I mean, they don't have a job, but um, it's because they don't want to have a job. It's not because they're not able to. I see. So with that, we're going to wrap up. So thanks for joining us. I'm Riley Murphy. And I'm Neil Wilcoxon. Thank you. Thank you for that, guys. And now, last but definitely not least, we're going to Nerdvana with myself and Riley Murphy. Welcome to Nerdvana. I'm your host, Alex Smith, here today, joined by Mr. Riley Murphy. That's me. That's you. Today, we're talking about a little bit of, a little bit of controversy. 
in the Australia regarding Grand Theft Auto V and the banning of the sales of it. Sounds like a, sounds a lot like a prison. <laughs> Get it? Because Australia used to be a prison. <laughs> Riley making the joke about the prison colony already, but Grand Theft Auto was recently banned in Australia. Well, it's no longer being sold by retailer Target there because a, um, uh, a group, political party, activist people of women said that Grand Theft Auto supports um, and encourages you to actually go out of your way to cause physical harm to women. So from what I remember you telling me just before this was that basically that this was a group of mothers and previous workers in the sex industry, correctly? Some of them were. It's not so, like that well, was yeah, their it's, it's main not like demographic. It's, yeah, the whole Venn diagram setting. Yeah. But, but majority, yes, and they feel that Grand Theft Auto does that. Um, I'd be totally okay with this band if they argued it from a point of causes, uh, like, makes you want to do violent things to anyone, because Grand Theft Auto is very equal in the way that you get to murder everyone. I see. So there's equality of murdering. Yeah, pretty much. Ah, ah. Much clarified. Yeah. But Grand Theft Auto is a hyper-violent game. It's not something that children should play. It's got that M rating and equivalent in other countries because they don't follow our same rating system. But this isn't the first time Australia's been doing things when it comes to video game censorship. Or just things that are not very... Uh liked by the younger community in general. Well, yeah, um, Fallout, a little story about them, that's a popular game franchise. Stimpaks, the in-game like medical kit kind type deal, was originally supposed to be called Morphine, and then Australia threw a big hissy fit about that, saying that they don't want people using morphine in video games, because apparently it transfers to real life somehow, and so they renamed it Stimpaks. So that's, do you think that uh, with this whole violence against women thing, do you think there's something that the game could potentially do to avoid this as well? Because I imagine it's pretty much impossible. Like, you could never just remove a gender from the game. No, especially not if you want that whole immersion fact of being in a city. I mean, in Grand Theft Auto, the, the traffic system works, and it's a very <laughs> immersive game. Like All of the cities that are planned... They, they actually look like they could be actually planned cities, except for a few things here and there, like there wouldn't just be a sniper rifle laying around on that roof. But uh, no, you can't hey, really you never just... Know. Well, yeah. There are parts of LA. <laughs> True. Yeesh. That's actually where this game is based on. Yeah, yeah. What, what do they call it? It's uh, Los San Santos. Oh, Los Santos. Oh, okay. Los Santos. Yeah, that sound, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like LA, similar, yeah. Los Angeles, Los Santos, yeah, similar they, things. You can see they're trying to go for these themes. Mm -hmm. Are all of the games based on real cities? Uh, the majority of them are. Vice City, I believe, is about Vegas. Uh, that, it's actually called Vice City, though. Um, and then there's San Andreas, which is supposed to be like San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And wouldn't it be interesting if one of the cities was a city in Australia? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Australia, Australia would probably flip their lid. <laughs> Because Rockstar, the people who make Grand Theft Auto, they, they promote hard in Australia. Like, if you go to a bus station, you see Grand Theft Auto V everywhere there. And Interesting. this is only coming up. The other weird thing about this is this is about the remake of the game on the newer generation of consoles. 
Grand Theft Auto V originally came out last year for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Now that it's been re-released on the Xbox One and the PS4, now people are having a problem with it. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Well, there are always people who protest of Grand course. Theft Auto V. Well, Grand Theft Auto in general. And violent video games. Violent video games, all that stuff. We've all got our own personal views on that subject. But uh, it's, it's a weird thing to see because Australia already has such a weird track record with specifically video games. They don't have a lot of problems with getting movies in there. Mm -hmm. But specifically, the video game format has a lot of trouble when it comes just with Australia in general. And it seems like Australia in this situation has essentially just gone nuclear. Pretty much. <laughs> They've really just taken the stance of, well, I guess we'll just get rid of it. Well, Australian Target. Okay, okay, yeah. Specifically Target. Yeah, and was, did, was this having anything to do with the government itself? Was there any government involvement? The, uh, the government typically in Australia uh, makes games have to be censored, like with the South Park Stick of Truth game. We all know South Park to be a very crass and not like young kid-friendly show to watch, but there are certain parts of that game that had to be removed with a picture of like a sad panda because it was the Australian government deemed it like too much for people to see. And a sad panda was the way to replace it. <laughs> and uh, like you hear the audio of the thing going on. I'm not going to mention it on air because we would get flagged for it. But it's replacing uh, a very, very graphic scene involving several of the characters and replaces it with a, just a sad panda with its eyes there watering. I guess that's one way to, to <laughs> get people to understand that to... what they're missing out on. Well, that's all the time we have for for this episode of the SDA Podcast. If you're interested in joining the club, come on by to room 83 after school, and we'll be glad to have you.